Hello, PodFam, and hello, Rachel. How are you this Tuesday morning? I am doing lovely this morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm drinking a classic Sencha tea, oh. which is really just um, a green tea. It's just a fancy name for it? Yes, just a fancy name for the green tea. Love it. What Love are you it. drinking? I have a raspberry leaf tea this evening. Oh, lovely. Yeah. I feel like I really need to amp up my tea inventory because I feel like if you go through our last previous episodes that we've posted, you're like, this girl really just goes between four separate teas. Well, that's okay. Sometimes you have your ones that are just go-tos. Yeah. And that's okay. Well, also, there's so many other ones that I have, but there's caffeine in them. And I think I've just entered that stage of my adult life where it just keeps me up all night and I just can't do it. Uh, yes. You see, I am having a tea with a little bit of caffeine, obviously green tea. However, mm-hmm. I'm currently studying for a, what would I call it, professional development exam? Some form of certification. Yes. I'm working towards a certification right now for my job and I wanted to do a little bit of extra studying after we were done recording tonight. So that's why I was just Ooh. like you know what, I'll have a little bit of green tea and it'll be fine. Pulling a late night like it's college again. Yeah. It, like, well, not it that, late. that late. It won't be that late, let's be honest. <laughs> like 11.30 and then you're like, okay, out, done. Oh, I was I was thinking like quarter to 11. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, as an update on our last episode, I survived my move, Laura. Yay. We're still here. We're still standing. Good. I was definitely reflecting a lot on our defining home as an adult episode. See, it hits you. It really did. Yeah. And it's actually very funny because when I was uh, first moving in, I didn't have my rabbit with me. And I was feeling like very discombobulated and such. And then I went to get him about four days post move in. And I was like, huh, I feel better now. So it works. Yeah, that's so funny because in that episode, you're like, my little bunny, he has been with me at every apartment and is like the most consistent thing in my life. So I'm glad his presence has made you feel like you're at home. Yes, it's very soothing. He hasn't quite adjusted yet, but I hope he will soon. I was sitting on the floor with him earlier. Yeah, he's a well-traveled bunny, so I'm sure he'll be fine pretty soon. Yes. Let's just give him a couple days. Yeah. But how was your week? Did you have a good week? I did. We are recording just after Labor Day, so it's a short work week. And yeah, that makes me happy. Not going to lie, it makes me happy. (laughs) The weekend's practically here. I know. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But what are we going to be talking about today? Oh, so... Dear listeners, listeners, we are going out on a limb for you, and it's just something we kind of wanted to bring up, and this topic that we're going to be discussing is cancel culture, kind of what it is, and breaking down this relatively recent online trend. And for the purpose of this episode, you know, we're not going to be sharing any of our beliefs because that's not what this show is about 
we are going to try to just break down, you know, some positives and some negatives and just have a general discussion of, of our thoughts on cancel culture. Yes. What Laura means by beliefs is not sharing our thoughts on specific situations, but we do want to explore the concept itself and really understand what the intention was behind it and where it's wound up today. Exactly. Yes. So as we note in our bio, everything we say in this episode is just purely our opinion at this current moment in time, but we always love to learn So if anyone listening has some thoughts that they would like to share with us or potentially some notes on new ways of thinking or different research we can do, please let us know in our Discord chat and we will get on it. And if there is anything to update you guys on, we will do so in a later episode. Exactly. And to kick us off, let's just kind of start with a general description of cancel culture. Now, it is nothing new. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. This is not a new thing. However, this is the first time in our history, because we've never been so connected globally before, Mm -hmm. that it's actually been given a name, which is cancel culture. And it's the phenomenon of promoting the canceling of people, brands, and even shows movies, anything that is considered, you know, possibly offensive or problematic with remarks or ideologies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just talking about cancel culture, I can think of like five different events in the past year, in 2021, of things that have been canceled. Yep. So anything to add to that description, Rachel? Yeah. So essentially the basis is that you're withdrawing your support for some form of public figure, whether that's a company, person, you might boycott their movies, you might boycott a show, or you stop purchasing and consuming written work or other art. And as Laura said, this has existed in some way or or another throughout history, this form of publicly addressing somebody's immoral behavior is a very common thing in our history. But It's never been on such a large scale where anyone around the world can provide their insight or their opinion on the issue, where before it was just within communities. I think social media really is the key factor in all of this, just for the reason that you said, you know, it's it's so easy now to throw your thoughts and opinions out on the internet for other people to see. And so unlike before, someone's thoughts and opinions, they can gain momentum so quickly. And then that's when we see this whole cultural movement. And now for the purpose of this episode, we're kind of sticking a little bit more to the pop culture. Yeah. So I think that just is a realm that Laura and I have a bit more experience and knowledge in at this moment in time. And I just want to start the conversation where I think that the basis of cancel culture started with the intention to promote accountability. Would you agree? I would definitely agree with that. It's about accountability and really bringing to light issues in our society that, you know, are either outdated or fundamentally wrong. So cancel culture is getting a bad rap, but fundamentally the purpose of it I don't really have an issue with because I think it's been an opportunity for us to become more educated and aware in our own personal life. 
about what's going on around us. Yes. And jumping right off of that in a way that this concept is good is that it gives people historically who might not have had much power in their community or their greater social sphere as a whole, it's giving that opportunity to create tangible consequences for celebrities or global brands, politicians, anybody that is quote unquote in power. And it allows society to say, no, certain behavior is completely unacceptable. And I think that that component of this cultural phenomenon is something that I fully support. Yeah, it's almost like leveling the playing field. You know, before in history, okay, going way back, you know, uh, newspapers, that was the voice of opinion, radio, television shows, you know, it was the, the powerful people on those platforms that had the strongest voice. Yes. And now with social media, you know, we all have a Facebook account, we all have Instagram, Twitter, whatever platform you like to use. So mm-hmm. no matter who you are in the world, you know, your voice can be heard. Yes. Which is something that we've genuinely in history just never had that option. But we're going to steer away to a bit of a negative aspect which is positioned as both a positive thing and a bad thing. I don't know if you agree with this, but the way that I have seen this cultural phenomenon of cancel culture unfold is that it's taking on more of a form of public shaming. Mm -hmm. And in one way that that's good is that historically in human evolution, that fear of shaming has kept you safe. It's been a way to ensure your survival because say you were in a tribe like thousands of years ago and you did something that was against the tribe's beliefs, you could get shamed and publicly exiled and not survive. Mm -hmm. So shame is a very primal emotion and that fear of it can help keep people in check and to treat people the way that people deserve to be treated. But my one point of contention with that is just because it can help keep people in check, I don't really believe that that encourages people to do better. I just think that it kind of just encourages performance where somebody can say, yeah, I'll do better. But are they really doing that in their life? That's not fully clear. Right. I think as society voices their opinions on a person or a topic, It's definitely harder to sweep things under the rug, so to say, nowadays, because so many people are discussing it. So one of my problems with cancel culture is that, yes, we're trying to cancel that person, you know, make them irrelevant. Yes. But from the scope and power that people have and social media has, it brings more attention Yes. To that person because, you know, think of on Yahoo's homepage where it's got like, oh, this is trending today or Twitter, like this is what's trending today. Those negative things are often pushed right to the top. And Mm -hmm. on one side, yes, it's good to be discussing what's wrong. But like you were saying with the shame versus the guilt. um, Yes. We're talking about how bad and wrong and awful this one person is but where's the discussion on okay how do we fix this how do we learn from it and how do we move forward so yes that's the one thing about cancel culture that I really do struggle with is Mm -hmm. we're so busy literally shitting on someone 
that we're not focusing on, oh, well, how do we fix this problem? How do we make it better? Yes. And that really emphasizes a point that I found when I was doing some research on this. And there was a quote on shame from Brene Brown. She used an example of a child where, you know, when a kid tells a lie and you shame that child saying that, oh, you're a liar, that corrodes any part of that child that can learn to be different. Basically, they internalize that and they're just like, oh, I am just like this. I'm just bad. And in my own like experience with therapy and such and even the psychology aspect of my education, we talked about shame a lot. And that is such a corrosive thing in someone's psyche where it really is so internalized where they believe that they are that thing that there is no room to grow or to learn or to change. Where guilt is a more passing emotion, I believe, Mm -hmm. where it's a feeling of pure discomfort, but it has that feeling of, oh, but I can fix it. How can I I fix it? Yes. Like, you know that Mm -hmm. feeling. Do you remember when like you would do something mean to a friend when you were a kid and then you felt so guilty that you're like, oh, well, if I do this, maybe they'll feel better. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So by instilling shame onto somebody that takes away that potential to grow and to make a better choice where like kind of a different way to go about it is like instead creating a platform where somebody can change because I think by instilling that shame how do you ever know that the apology that somebody gives or the work that they do moving forward how do we know that that's sincere as opposed to just trying to reduce the backlash against them right so instead of casting these people out of society, which would have been, you know, a thing from evolutionary uh, periods of our existence. It's okay. We acknowledge you acknowledge that you did something wrong. Yes. We're not going to throw you out. Yes. We're going to help you do better. You know, I think education is just such a key component. And another big thing that drives me crazy about the cancel culture thing is It's so easy to bandwagon on it. Instead of innocent until proven guilty, it's guilty until proven innocent. Yes. You know, that's kind of a bit of the cancel culture feel. And I'm not trying to stand up for anyone in that sense. That's why we're not talking about specific examples. But yeah, that's just something that's always been in the back of my mind. Maybe let's reframe that a bit from the kind of black and white terms and more just say that it's Going from looking at somebody as, okay, this person made a mistake, but they can learn and do better to the expectation that they are guilty and will always be guilty because they should have known better, Mm -hmm. which is a very tricky thing because especially at this time in history, it's like, okay, like guys, let's get on it. We really should research these things on our own accord, right? But learning is just part of being a human. And by being so quick to just cut somebody out and be like not forgive them and just be like, you are shunned, you're done. Mm -hmm. It doesn't leave any room for them to grow or to actually learn from their mistakes because to be honest, I feel like it just fosters resentment. It does. And if anything, depending on who the person is, especially if it's somebody that's, you know, not a big celebrity, it's somebody who you know, maybe made an inappropriate comment in passing as like a teacher or something. One transgression winds up with their whole career being ruined. 
how are they supposed to learn from that as opposed to just resenting that experience? Does that make sense? No, it definitely does. Sometimes the repercussions of that don't fit the actual act. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Where it might be one passing moment in time that someone could very reasonably learn from, but it's treated almost as a, oh, I got you. You're this and you're that. And then their career could be over when it was something that they could have just learned from if it was treated with a bit more care. Yeah. So from your point, it's like, does the punishment fit the crime? And I think with social media, especially, it's so easy for people to hide behind a keyboard and absolutely try to destroy someone's life just through ridicule alone, but never offer that bit of wisdom, I'm going to say. You know, they back it up with the research and the fact of, you know, hey, this is why this is offensive or this is wrong based on such and such. And, you know, in the future, you know, maybe be a bit more careful because for me or for this uh, group or whatever example you're using, it's a little bit insensitive. And don't just tear someone apart, you know. Yeah. It needs that constructive criticism in a way, as annoying as that can be on social media. But at least... Instead of just bashing that person, you know, they're like, hey, you know, maybe I used to do that too, or I'm that person who's being targeted. This is how you can do better. Yes. And I feel like our society would just get so much further along doing that instead of just, oh, let's all just bash and talk about this person because they did something bad, you know? Yes. And a very, very important caveat I want to make here is that when we're discussing this, I feel like it applies to somebody that, you know, they make maybe one or two misguided comments or tweets or something and they get that whole backlash. Oh, of course. Like, yeah, like this is like for mild things. I think this is such a gray area because, you know, there's so much that can go wrong, (laughs) you know, in the world. So again, that like... The crime fits the punishment kind of thing. Yes. So I just want to, like, I am pretty sure you agree with this on me, is that we are not referring to people who have had a history of transgressions and allegations of mistreatment or, like, abuses in the workplace or anything like that. Like, if it is somebody who it has come out in the media that they have had a history of those transgressions, like, I am all for us boycotting them. Oh, yeah. yeah. They clearly have not learned anything. We mm-hmm. are just more referring to those instances where it's just those one or two, maybe three misguided comments. But I think the point that we're really trying to make here is make sure that you have assessed the situation and been like, okay, was this completely just misguided did they make a mistake or are they a knowledgeable person who is experienced and really should have known better Mm -hmm. and do we say that absolutely this was not okay or should we encourage them to educate themselves yeah does that make sense and also make sure that on our side as the people that might be getting sucked into the social media storm of backlashing this person We also have a responsibility to do our research and get the facts straight before we buy into that mentality. 
Yes, I think that's such a key point and doesn't matter who you are or what the topic is, always do your own research. Don't believe people on Instagram or Facebook. You know, everyone's a keyboard warrior, Mm -hmm. but always do your own research. I'm a huge advocate for that. And something, Rachel, I want us to go back to is someone who did something that is fundamentally wrong. Okay, so we're not looking at the you, it was a one-time offense and you made a mistake or yes. poor judgment. So going back to trending and everything for mm-hmm. these things, does this actually spur on that person because everyone is talking about canceling them? So there's more curiosity about that thing. So then does it bring more to light? Does that Does it make sense what I'm saying there? Do you mean like when somebody brings up a transgression to people look for more? Yes. Okay. Yes and no. I do think yes because like in our generation, like some of us were there in the 90s, early 2000s and such. And what was quote unquote acceptable then would not pass today, which Mm -hmm. there's definitely things where you look back and you're like, that is very questionable. Yes. But my one issue with that is – Something that in our cultural consciousness that somebody did then, we would view it as wrong. And it was wrong then. It's still wrong now. But the thing is, is I also think that there needs to be some consideration given to the fact that we also need to hold points in history, like whether it's a show or a movie, to the standard of the time. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think that issue of giving somebody the opportunity to apologize and learn comes in. Because something that somebody would have done in 1998 is very different from what they would have done in 2021. I personally agree with you. You know, smoking cigarettes is one of the biggest examples that, you know, we can all agree in 2021, smoking is bad, where in the 50s and 60s, it was toted as good. And this was before research and everything else involved with that to get our society's perspective to what we think of it today. So it's almost like taking a movie that was made in the 50s, you know, everyone's smoking, even the pregnant women, they're smoking. Yeah. You know, you couldn't do that in 2021. No. You know, everyone would be like, wow, okay, that's not okay. Like, yes. that's that's a very wrong. Where in 1950, that was just the norm. Yes. So... I don't want to get too detailed in examples like that. But yeah, I agree with you. You know, when things happened in that time period, that is what the norm was. And I'm not saying everything Mm -hmm. is. Like there are some things that are bad and are always going to be bad. And they were back then. Just because it was a norm doesn't mean it's acceptable. Doesn't make it right. No, it was just society's opinion at that time. Yes. So, you know, I find it really hard sometimes when we we put the 2021 light onto the 1950s opinion about smoking. I'm going to just stick with this example because it's very, it's fairly black and white. Yep. We can't shame those people in the 1950s for smoking. You know, we can't look at them all today and be like, hey, you are all terrible people. Yes. Because they didn't know better, right? Mm -hmm. But... In 2021, let's say they're doing a remake of that movie, they're going to do better and maybe Mm -hmm. not have, you know, the children smoking, the pregnant women smoking, right? It's going to be made more towards our views as as a society today of what's right and what's wrong. And that's where the education and the research backs it up. Yeah, I was literally about to say that because, you know, it's very easy 
if somebody does something that we as a society are like that is completely unacceptable today to then dig into their past and find something from 1995 that Mm -hmm. corresponds. But where we are talking about research is then take that from 2021 and that instance from 1995 and really do deeper research. Like, are they two one-off, completely unrelated things? Or is this a trend through their entire life that shows that this person clearly has not changed or done better or grown? And Mm -hmm. then we can pass the judgment then. Does that? Yes. And again, this is very gray. Yes. Like this episode, (laughs) it's very gray because obviously it depends on what that thing is. But going back to my, my original question for your thoughts here. So we have this person who is fundamentally wrong and, yes. you know, it's it's all swept up in the cancel culture. It's trending on Twitter. You have more people than ever looking into this person. Yes. Does it relate to all publicity is good publicity? Okay, that's what you were asking. I think that's where I was trying to go. I just didn't quite, I didn't quite get there with my yes. with my thoughts. No, it's okay. It was like I was like grasping in my head. I was like, which question is she asking? So I was like, I'm gonna go this way. No, no, that's but, perfect because we were gonna go there anyway. So we just took a little. Yes, detail. we were. Yes, we were. So okay, I have some thoughts on this, and a really great quote that I found in my research. And I really hope I don't butcher your name. If I do, I apologize. But her name is Lisa Nakamura. And she is a professor in the Department of American Cultures at the University of Michigan. And a quote that I read from her said that people always talk about the attention economy. When you deprive someone of your attention, you're depriving them of livelihood. Mm -hmm. So going into the instance of is all publicity good publicity? I do believe that the act of trying to cancel somebody does not always have the intended effect. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, is that, you know, somebody really could have lost their cultural cachet, if you will. But then suddenly, the entire world is talking about them. And say somebody doesn't do their research really, or somebody doesn't read the articles, but they're seeing everywhere this person's name. Right. They're going to look them up and they might be like, oh, that's interesting. In a way, when somebody gets canceled and their name is out there with everybody, it's intriguing. I guess it triggers something in the human brain where you're like, what's this about? I'm going to check it out and such. Oh, I've definitely done that because I'll be like, oh, that's a terrible thing that person did. But I'm like, who's that person? You know, so then obviously I look it up. (laughs) Yeah. And then like, you know, maybe if it's a say it's a YouTuber you start watching their YouTube videos to get a sense for who they are. You are then consuming the content of somebody who the world just told us we should boycott. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So sometimes I just think that we need to be careful because with giving everybody so much attention in the press and trending, it's putting that figure directly back into public consciousness which is the exact opposite of what we want to do, which is remove that platform from somebody. Right. So for our listeners, you know, maybe best practice and we don't know, you know, we're just having a conversation about this. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you are seeing something that you don't agree with and you want to quote unquote cancel it, really you should pull yourself away. Like, you know, unfollow that person or just remove their content and don't support them. 
And instead of talking about that particular person, maybe be part of the solution where you either put research out and Mm -hmm. you can talk about the topic, but you never have to talk about the person. So I don't know, maybe that's a way to do it where people can be part of the discussion to take the light away from the person and let's talk about the issue so we can do better that way. Yeah. And I think that that goes to, you know, discussing with people close to you as well, because they might not be aware of it. Say you see me watching a movie or reading a book that had somebody questionable involved and you know something, then you Mm -hmm. can say, hey, maybe don't consume their content because of this. And then I have that time to decide for myself whether or not I want to consume their content. Exactly. I think that a good way to enter that public conversation is to enter it in a way, and I'm sure people do this, where it's constructive and you say, this is completely unacceptable this is offensive and here is why here's a way to do better Mm -hmm. because then you can enter that public conversation but it's not contributing to the toxic bombardment at whoever is the subject of said canceling yeah exactly like i think we're both in agreement here where if you want to you know share your opinion about why something is wrong talk about the fundamental thing that is wrong and how to fix it you know, it, I just don't think it benefits society if we keep putting that person's name at the yeah. forefront. Like, if we're trying to cancel it and forget it, we're not canceling it and forgetting it by making a tweet about it every hour. You know, no. let's talk about why violence against women is wrong and how we can do better, right? Like, yeah. let's not glorify the person who is doing the violence. Like, let's yeah. let's truly forget about them. This is the thing about social media. This is where people come out of the woodwork where... Not everyone is going to agree with Mm -hmm. what might actually be right or politically correct. And now you're feeding the fire of the people who support that negative behavior. And we're just causing more conflict. Yes. You know, like they're going to stand up for that person, that event, whatever it was that, um, you know, we as a society agree is wrong. Yep. And we just don't get any further. Right. Like we spend so much time arguing with each other instead of just talking about the facts of like, okay, this is why this is wrong. Right. And then and then it completely removes the emotional attachment that person might have. Like maybe that person was a national treasure. Yeah. You know, so to some people, that person could literally do everything wrong and they're still going to support them. Yeah. Where if we remove that name and we talk about the issue. I think it's just that much harder for someone to agree, like, violence against women, like, yes, I'm all for that, right? Like, it just sounds ridiculous. Where if you were to say, like, oh, so-and-so was violent towards a woman and there's evidence, they're going to be like, no, 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 but they're such a great actor, right? So I think it just helps remove the emotion from it and makes it a little bit more black and white. Yeah. In summary of kind of everything we've talked about now is one, do your own research and understand an issue and create a history in your mind of this person in front of you and look at, okay, what in the past shows me that this is who this person is? Or is it just this one off transgression Mm -hmm. Two, boycott and step away from the person and take their name out of the narrative? Because It's the issue that we want to bring attention to, not their name anymore. And also approach the situation from a place of honestly compassion and also try to take your own emotion out of it so that you can come at it from a constructive way that is honestly healthy for you. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? 
It does. Yes. I was just going to say, you know, you want to be part of the constructive conversation, not the conversation that zeroes in to the person and not the flaw or the issue. Yeah. I think also we need to celebrate the instances where somebody has taken lessons from the past and has one taken accountability for it and done better. Mm-hmm. And and just on that, you know, I think it's really important that we don't erase, you know, yes. I, I'm, I don't believe in the forgive and forget, because if we forget about what's happened, you know, it's not something that we have to hold against someone forever, yes. because they might consciously make the effort to better themselves and, and correct their wrongs. But I think for future generations and for other people who might be making those same mistakes, we need those examples in our history to learn from them. Yeah, we need to remember where we've come from. Yes. We can't make it where we've always been perfect. No. Because that's not right. Like, that's not true. No. And I think something that I at least think is really great if we tie it back to the pop culture side is... On Disney Plus, like all of those classic Disney Mm -hmm. movies, so like Peter Pan and Aristocats and such, I think it was October of 2020, they instated a notice before all of those movies that is essentially noting that this includes negative depictions and mistreatment of people and culture and that they were wrong and it's still wrong now. And let's actually have a conversation about how we can do better and where we're still struggling as a society to be better. Mm -hmm. And just on the topic of Disney, you know, they've been making a lot of remakes over the past few years. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is a good example where maybe not in every sense, but um, okay, I watched I watched Cruella last week. And then I watched a YouTube video. Actually, it was a really good movie. I highly recommend people watch it about the evolution of Cruella in the 101 Dalmatians. Yes. And, you know, it first came out, I believe, in the 50s or 60s. And using Cruella as, as the example here, she was originally, you know, an heiress portrayed as a spinster. And in the 1950s, you know, you didn't want to be a spinster. You didn't want to be a single woman because she was literally portrayed as being crazy and Mm -hmm. the women who were married with families were portrayed as the women who were sane and then fast forward to 101 Dalmatians from the 90s with Glenn Close Mm -hmm. you know now she was the powerful businesswoman and fashion designer Mm -hmm. yet still portrayed as crazy because you know women in power scary thing crazy (laughs) scary men didn't want to deal with that but you did see that progression you know she was no longer just from money or married into money She made her own money, Mm -hmm. yet that was still scary. And now in the 2021 version, you see her backstory and she's more that empowered female. Yeah. So, you know, we grew up in the 90s, so (laughs) we've seen a lot of Disney movies in our time. That's just an evolution I have noticed on that very small scale. That's actually really interesting. I didn't know that. And it was so true because it was literally like, okay, you need to be married with kids to like the career woman yet you had to get married. And then now it's just like more female empowerment. And I love that like younger generations, like that's the Cruella that they're growing up with in the female role models because she's really badass and it makes you want to be a punk rock fashion designer. So I just really love that evolution in my lifetime, you know, Mm -hmm. being born in 92. 
So example of our society that is doing better and evolving in one thing. 101 Dalmatians. Who knew? And that just shows as well, though, that you need that original iteration of 101 Dalmatians and Cruella to acknowledge how far it's actually come. Yeah. Because if we didn't have that, we wouldn't see that growth in our own society. Absolutely. Disney doing better through time, even though they've done lots of other bad things. But, you know, there's one thing. There's a couple of things that they've done right in the last year. Yeah. But I'm good to leave it there if you are. I am too. And, you know, this is another topic where we're just having a conversation about it. You know, we are not experts. We don't have all the answers. I would love to hear from our listeners, like, what your thoughts on cancel culture are. Um, Mm -hmm. I hope you don't cancel us for talking about cancel culture because that would just be sad. Yes. Um, Because I really like our show. But yes. (laughs) Any parting thoughts on that, Rachel? Yeah. I really want to hear everybody's opinions because as we noted in the beginning of the episode like this is just our thoughts on it right now we might be viewing it through a particular lens that we haven't brought in a differing perspective that might change our minds so we are definitely open to learning this kind of was a step in a more deeper direction in honesty the sole intention of our podcast originally was to share our conversations with all of you And this is stuff that we talk about and that we try to learn together on. So we would love the opportunity to bring you guys into these conversations that touch on deeper, potentially more difficult topics to discuss. So if you like us going here, let us know and potentially we can delve more into these realms. Absolutely. And, you know, as we've we've said a few times during this episode, we purposely are not using specific examples because we do want to keep our own emotions and opinions out of certain events mm-hmm. out of this show and just discuss cancel culture as as what it is. So, you know, just keep that in mind if, if you are going to participate in our conversation because everything we discussed, the issues at hand can be very gray and they yeah. are on a spectrum. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't take something we said as being like, oh, we should forgive this person and help them see the light on someone who did something like extremely extremely awful so I'm just throwing that out there because we're out on the internet so yeah I 100% agree and as we've said many times in this episode it is so important to do your own research and to form your own opinion And that is what we're trying to encourage is just everybody really understanding the issues at hand and to have that knowledge as opposed to just falling into the reactionary cancel culture that I feel this concept has turned into. Don't just follow everyone else because that's the going opinion. Make sure you Mm -hmm. always do your own research so you can come at it from an educated perspective that is your own. Yeah, and to really understand your own beliefs towards it. Yeah, and I think with a lot of the things that are being brought up with this cancel culture movement, it's been a good time to reflect what your beliefs are. Maybe there are some that you believed in before, and then when you looked into it further, you're like, you know what, maybe that's a dated belief or Mm -hmm. an irrational belief, and from a personal development, that can help you be better. Yes. What we really want to encourage throughout this entire episode is approaching this concept and many other honestly contentious topics from a point of consciousness so that you can understand yourself more and also understand the world 
understand where we've been and understand where we need to go. Absolutely. And with that, live like tea. Live like tea.